welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, expert in education, child development, and a lifelong teacher and learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, it is a comprehensive self-regulation program that integrates social-emotional learning, school culture, and discipline into one seamless process. It's kind of like one-stop shopping here. It provides the seven powers for conscious adults to help teachers regulate their emotions enough to see conflict differently so they can use the seven basic skills of discipline to respond to conflict and upset in a way that instills life skills in both child and adult. Today we're talking about leadership. Now, what kind of leader do you want to be? And how do you want to make that vision a reality? Something to ponder for sure. Specifically today, we're going to talk to a principal who is charged with leading early childhood in her district that serves 700 children in 16 different sites, including private child care, Head Start, and public school. Now, it's like, how are you going to bring all those folks together? But before we get into the details, let's start by looking at some leadership models and how conscious discipline prepares you specifically for two styles and see if they meet something that you might be interested in. No matter what your job responsibilities involve, you will be leading and you will be led. So leadership is not a position or a role. It's an action representing your values and beliefs manifest in the world. So exhibiting leadership is an extension to some degree of your personality, your upbringing, your ability to self-regulate, and your mental models of how you view yourself, the world, and relationships. Now, if you think about this and really ponder it, leadership styles have a lot to do with our family of origin. So let me run through some of my family with you and some leadership styles. Autocratic leadership is a strong, one-dimensional leadership style that gives full power of authority to the leader or to the boss. Now, in my family, that was my father. He made all the decisions without consulting the rest of us. He was the boss, and everybody knew it. And if you didn't, all you'd have to do is try to boss, and you'd learn it real quick who was the real boss. The democratic leadership style is more participatory in nature, where the leader involves team members in some of the decision-making. That, again, was my father, but when he was way older. I think some of the steam ran out of his dictatorship, but he got a little softer as he aged. Transformational leadership leads by vision, setting high goals, and working in unison as a family or a community together to achieve them. Now, that was my mom most of the time. She really set the vision. She set our goals and said, okay, you got this. Now go for it. And if we needed help, she jumped in. Then we have the laissez-faire leaders that give their team members lots of freedom and provide support, resources, and advice as needed. Now, that was also my mom when she was tired. Or as she got older, she gave us enough rope to really, we could almost hurt ourselves with it. And then right at the last nick and tuck time, she'd come in with a teeny bit of suggestion or advice before we actually hung ourselves and got hurt. Another important leadership style is the servant leader. And that's what I want you to hear about. The servant leader 
comes from a heart that wants to be of service. And if you look at a lot of educators, that's why we got into the business. The servant leader believes that people have an intrinsic value beyond their tangible contributions at work. In other words, they're people first, and then their employees second. But there's a humanness. There's an intrinsic value. Just their presence showing up makes the world a better place. A servant leader is deeply committed to the personal and professional growth of each member of the group. They create a culture and community with engaged employees who care about each other and for each other is a culture that emphasizes the use of openness and persuasion rather than control. To me, that is the essence of the goal of any family. How can we serve one another so that our optimal development of each of us is maximized in this team effort where someone has your back? The servant leader senses, like we all do, that much has been lost, and especially in recent history when we went from small communities to large institutions in regard to our well-being. We're losing a sense of mental health. We're losing that connection to each other. We're losing it in terms of productivity. The same shift has been happening in our families as we shift from extended family to childcare in raising our families. So to be a servant leader, you need to help create healthy relationships and problem-solving skills within your members. To be a transformational leader, you need to be able to articulate your vision, inspire others, and set and achieve goals. To me, this is the core of a healthy family. Both of these excellent parents are transformational and servant leaders. And that's the reason Conscious Discipline uses the school family model for its leadership style, for classroom culture and school culture. It is the soil in which optimal learning, growing, and achieving can manifest. So today we are listening in on a conversation I had with Beth Schindel. Join us as she discovers her leadership style as the principal of early learning in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So welcome, Beth. This is Beth Schindel. I'm with Beth Schindel this afternoon. And Beth works in Oshkosh, uh, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And tell me your, the title of your position. Yep, I'm the principal of early learning in Oshkosh, and I oversee all of our uh, early childhood special education and four-year-old kindergarten. We we have universal preschool in Oshkosh. Where are all these people? Yep, so uh, we use a community collaborative approach. Okay. So we bring um, high-quality preschool out to places where children already are, as well as a few of our schools. So we partner with private uh, child care centers, uh -huh. uh, Head Start, a few private schools, and then a few of our elementary schools. So we have 16 locations all together. So you've got 16 locations. Mm -hmm. Some of the kids are in private child care, mm -hmm. public school, mm -hmm. private school, mm -hmm. and, where was, and Head Start. Yep. Okay, and you oversee all that. I do, yep, and they're wrapped under the umbrella of Oshkosh Early Learning, which is okay. funded, uh, Universal Preschool, which is funded through the Oshkosh Area School District. Perfect. Yeah. Now, so if you're the leader of all this and yeah. you've got 16 different sites, mm -hmm. how do you bring together 16 different sites and how do you lead? And what was that journey like for you? Uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up with this program. And so I started as a classroom teacher, moved into a coaching position, 
Um, and then from there became a principal, but I was never going to leave the classroom because I loved <laughs> what I did. And so um, leadership for me was a journey of being of service. And so what I experienced was that when people who lead programs don't have a lot of background knowledge or experience with the type of program that they're leading, uh, we aren't as successful and we don't feel as um, connected and that we're accomplishing the goal that we set out to do. So so you think it was helpful. So your insider view and growing up within that program provided you the background knowledge to be more successful as a leader. Uh, partially. Okay. It, also, it also put me in a silo, though. Yes, it did. So I didn't have a ton of opportunities to experience the type of leadership that I knew I wanted to bring to the program when I became a leader. So you didn't really have a model of how to do this. I, not one that I was hoping to replicate. No, nope. <laughs> nope. That's good. It had uh, bits and pieces from different places. but So you had your value. You had a vision, mm -hmm. uh, but not necessarily a model. But you did have some information about what you were doing. So then how did you pull that all together? Conscious discipline. Oh! Um, so once I realized that what I wanted to create was really a school family and how in the world do you do that in a school with virtual walls, that really got me thinking. And so our leadership team, I have a fabulous leadership team. I have some coaches um, that really, if it weren't for them, I don't know how we would serve over 700 students across 16 locations. So we went to CD1 mm -hmm. and really had an opportunity to feel what that felt like. Okay, so who all went to CD1? Um, who, who was that? Yep, so I have two instructional coaches okay. and then a program support teacher uh, who kind of, the like, instructional coaches go into our regular education classrooms, support teachers with academics, behavior, mm -hmm. um, just teaching in general. And then our program support teacher does uh, similarly for special education, um, but mostly compliancy. And mm -hmm. she really felt pulled into, well, compliancy is the least of our worries if we're not providing high quality experiences right. for children. So, yep. Those core group went to CD1, okay? Correct. Because we knew that conscious discipline was an adult first model. Yeah. And if we're thinking about our school family as our classroom, mm -hmm. we are we are the adult first. So if we weren't willing to really figure that piece out for ourselves, mm -hmm. how in the world were we going to lead yeah. a, a oh, team that makes successfully? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then next, you, get, you took those to CD1, and then what did you get cooking from that? Well, we were real excited when we yeah. came back. <laughs> <laughs> we came back, we were really excited. We were a little much for some yeah. of the people on our team. Um, and so we, we started thinking about what, what I had realized and what I had experienced was we had kind of an us and them dichotomy going on. Yeah. Our program's a group of people who don't really fit in any one place. So some are hired by our district, some are hired by private organizations, some are special ed, some are regular ed, and we really had this kind of um, dysfunctional us and them dichotomy. And so we knew, okay, we need to start with uniting our staff and making connections. And because we're spread out, the only time we get together is that once a week, um, we have collaboration on Wednesdays. And we thought, okay, so we can get Do you do this together. in person or is this over? In person. Sometimes we do it virtually, but we try yeah. to meet in, in person because there's some real power in there's those amazing power in actual, being which of yeah. course we learned from you, right? Yeah. Those actual face-to-face -face interactions. Um, so we started with figuring out we need, we need to create our tribe to 
you know, I have a vision of, remember the Titans? And they're yeah. like, everywhere we go, people. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and so that's in my mind. I'm like, that's what, I, that's what I'm hoping for, for yeah. this, for all of our staff on this team. Um, so we re kind of reclaimed our name. We kind of had early childhood, special education and four-year-old kindergarten. And we housed everyone under one umbrella, Oshkosh Early Learning. Mm -hmm. uh, happened to be the same year as an election that was happening. And so we used that opportunity to teach about voting and voted on a mascot. And so we're the Oshkosh Early Learning Owls. Um, you know, something really powerful at the beginning of the school year, all the staff get together, the whole district, district-wide, mm -hmm. in one place at one time to start out the year with convocation. Yeah. And the first year after we had done this, we were all there with our shirts on that, you know, you knew you could see who your people were. Right. And there was some real power in, in that, you know, we are one um, just from that. So that was neat. So we started with a lot of uniting activities, learning one another's names. If you don't know someone's name, you don't know what they do. Right. You don't know how you, their unique set of skills contributes to our school family and how we can be of service to one another. So a ton of uniting activities, a ton of connection mm -hmm. activities, um, but we had to get really creative. And so we do things digitally when we can't do things in person. Mm -hmm. So, um, Trying to think through what that could look like has been an outside-of-the-box experience for us. So I do something called Diaries of a Roving Principal. Um, <laughs> when I'm That's, in a parking lot and I have a thought yeah. or I want to share at a celebration yeah. from a site, I turn on my camera and <laughs> share that out with our team. Every week we get a uniting um, newsletter and it goes through you know, all the things that I wish that we could do in person. So we start with celebrations. We start with wish wells. We start with um, highlighting things that are happening in the program and trying to build community through that. Um, and how is that working? And, and how long did it take to get it kind of really over the hump? Going. Yeah, we had a lot of people who thought we were, we were truly, we came back and we were drinking the Kool-Aid. It was, yeah, you were it, crazy. it took a few years. Yeah. Um, so I had the fortune of being, having good connections with many of the staff just from being a right. part of that program. So I think we maybe got, got closer, um, faster with buy-in just right. with some of that. But mm -hmm. my goal when we came back from CD1 was 20%. And I thought if we can get 20% of people in a place where they're willing, um, wouldn't that be great? Because we know that then it can start to spread. You bet. And it can't just be us. It has to be the teachers and their willingness and their buy-in. And who better to support one another with willingness and buy-in but the teachers themselves. So we went for, for 20%. Um, we practiced kind of some of the skills, powers through the structures that we set up in our mm -hmm. professional development. We're, we were doing doing the conscious discipline before we were really good at decorating our classrooms and just digging deeper so we started rebooting after we came back from cd1 mm -hmm. and we're in year three of kind of that reboot we spent a year digging deeper into the brain states mm -hmm. a year digging deeper into safety this mm -hmm. year we're really focusing on connection um, and then and so when you're talking about dig digging deeper really going inside to that intention why are we doing this and how do we do it? And does it really come from our heart or is it a 
technique. Correct. Okay. And so tell me, did you get the 20%? We got well, well over 20%. So um, it's been exciting to see that excitement grow for, for our leadership team because of what it's doing for our teachers and students and families. So the first year we sent two of our pioneer teachers, they were already using conscious discipline, really excited. They got to go to CD1 and they came back and they were so excited yeah. and sharing. Um, and then the second year, we had six people who were interested in going. We could afford to send three, so we sent three. Yeah. And this this year, I had the tinglys and the goosebumps because we put out the opportunity for teachers to apply to come. We had 22 people interested um, and 16 that are going to wow. CD1 this so year. So now, do they get paid? They don't get paid, no. So they're giving up a week of their vacation, a week of their time off. Yes. And you pay their way. We, we pay their way to get there, but they also commit. Um, we had high turnover rates before mm-hmm. um, we shifted into a, a school family model. We don't have that anymore. Okay, so tell me about that. Do you know the numbers? Um, staff who, who we hire as a district, mm-hmm. we haven't had turnover with um, in our program since shifting to the school family model. Um, we have staff who leave who are hired by other organizations for monetary reasons. Mm-hmm. And they, what they share is, I don't want to leave. I love this school family. I need to figure out a way to be able to come back in a different capacity. We just have some competing salary issues. Um, but the staff who are going to CD1, uh, they are also committing to staying with our program for three, at least three years because we're investing in them, we're investing in our program, where they're willing to pay us back the cost of attendance in CD1. That makes sense. So they're com- complete sense. Their yeah. commitments there, which is um, really important and also indicated to us that the shift is happening. There's willingness, there's excitement. Um, and so as far as turnover goes, um, what we're finding is that when teachers feel like they're a part of this school family, that's their reason to stay. Um, and when they leave, it's it's not because they want to leave the school family. So, Excellent. Yeah. And congratulations on all you're doing up there and uh, figuring out how to be the leader you wanted to be with com- bringing together 16 different sites under, f- what, four different hiring boss structures, yep. and you brought them together. Thank you. Way to go, Beth. Thank and you. thank you for talking to us. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, now what can you say after that? Way to go, Beth. Way to examine oneself and oh, just move a whole crowd with you. It's exciting to see how everyone discovers their own way and pulls it together in the way that makes sense to them. So what's Becky up to? Well, I'm up to recovering. I just paddled down 188 miles of the Colorado River. And so I'm deeply embedded in showers and Epsom salt and baths. So it was fun. It was phenomenal. Looking at the stars, sleeping under the stars is an experience that brings back that childlike feeling of innocence that just smells and feels so fresh and rejuvenating. So I'm excited and sore. What are the celebrations? Well... We've got a bunch. Certainly, I think some of you know that we sold out the trauma workshop in Chicago and had quite a bit on the waiting list. This month, we have that same workshop, two-day workshop with myself in Sacramento. I hope to see you each of you there. And Elevate is a conference we did last year for the first time, and we're doing it again. And that Elevate means how can we elevate our social-emotional learning 
that's taking place and specifically the first six weeks of school. So when you come, this is so practical, you will leave with a six-week plan of how to start your school year off, leading with our best foot forward, building wonderful relationships so that our school year runs as smooth as possible. So until next time, I wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.